0: it is sny.tv's the juice on the cuse podcast covering syracuse basketball lacrosse and football today on the
1: juice on the cuse podcast on sny.tv we'll be talking about recruiting and early struggles for the football team i'm wes chang and i'll be joined later by brad bierman and our guest today is QesNation.com publisher mike mcallister mike Always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much.
2: Always great to be here, Wes.
1: Mike, uh, big recruiting news from Syracuse is the uh, commitment of wide receiver Jamal Custis. How big of a get is this for Syracuse?
2: Well, he's he's big literally and figuratively. You know, <laughs> he's got the six foot six, two hundred and twenty pound frame that is kind of the ideal frame that you would like to see as someone that's been in college for a couple of years, and he has that right out of high school, which means he's got a lot to work with and. He's the type of player that Syracuse can use as a mismatch, you know, someone that's uh, maybe too fast or too quick for linebackers to cover, but um, it is too big for a traditional corner to, to stay on, especially when you look at him as a red zone weapon, someone you can throw fades to. But his, uh, his future at Syracuse, I think, is going to be uh, maybe even putting on a little bit more weight to his already big frame and then sort of being a wide receiver tight end hybrid, someone that is going to line up tight to for the formation. Be a pass catcher over the middle, but someone that can also split out wide and and be sort of that threat as well. I think you're going to see him move all over the formation and just a, a playmaking weapon that Syracuse can use. And as we've seen so far this year, they can use Indeed. as many of those as they yep. can get.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't all good news for Syracuse over the weekend because it looks like they lost out yesterday on quadriolis and choosing Pitt over Syracuse. Uh, how big of a loss is that for the Orange?
2: I mean, it's it's uh, it's more of a big loss because he was a highly rated prospect in the state not necessarily because of the position you know they've got a running back commitment already in urban Phillips who I don't think is going to play a traditional running back role at Syracuse but you know he's someone at the position that could do that in an emergency they're after a player from Florida named ishwitter who who you know it is might be the highest running back on their board even when Cory Olson was still out there um, it's it's just a little bit disappointing when you can't grab a guy that's you know in state and he's over there in Buffalo, so he's not too far away. But you know, Pitt's pretty close to his home as well. Um, Syracuse, you know, went after him pretty hard, and you know, they attended his games, and stayed in contact. He did come visit the campus over the summer. Um, so it's not it's not for a lack of effort, but at the same time, he was looking to go to a place where he thought he could play right away, and he looked at the Pitt depth chart and thought that he had a better chance to get on the field right away, knowing at Syracuse he's got Devontae McFarland and George Morris that are coming through the pipeline would probably have to wait a year or two before he could get on the field so I think that played a lot uh, a big part in his recruitment but not something where Syracuse fans should panic over but something that's definitely a little bit disappointing just because you know he was an in-state guy
1: now you just mentioned Ish there's a lot of other great Syracuse recruits out there that could really add to this class what are some of the biggest targets um including whitter that are remaining and what are the chances that Syracuse actually lands them.
2: The biggest fish out there is Thomas Holly, the four-star defensive tackle out of Lincoln High in Brooklyn, New York. Um,
1: Isaiah Whitehead.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and ironically that the two of them are are, are friends and, and know each other and have talked about going to the same school um, a little bit. It, it's not really going to be a factor in either one's decision, but something they thought would be, end up being kind of cool. Syracuse a little bit involved with both of them, but more so with Holly is since the since the basketball program got Caleb Joseph um, there's been you know some rumblings about where Syracuse stands at Whitehead but as far as Holly goes you know he was originally going to decide before the season started and he did come up and visit Syracuse and it opened up his eyes and and made Syracuse a legitimate option in his mind he's got a really close relationship with Terrell Hunt they're really good friends from growing up in New York City and uh having him up here definitely helps the orange Um, the the key for him is going to be he's going to take his official visits after the season is over. He's concentrating on his senior year right now. Once the season is over, he's going to take some of his officials. He hasn't really announced where. I think Ohio State's going to be one that he takes, and I think they're going to be high up on his list. Penn State might be another one to be concerned with. But if Syracuse can get him on campus, the biggest thing for him is going to be having his mom with him on the official visits. He said when he came up and visited here that he wanted his mom to see the schools so that his mom could feel as comfortable with whatever school he wants to go to as he does so that's going to be a huge factor if they can win over mom on the official visit, and they would be in a really good position um, so he he's probably the biggest fish both as far as rating-wise and because he's in state um... A couple other guys are after steve ishmael wide sea out of florida is one of the highest guys on their board as well um, They've already got a few wide receivers. And one that we just mentioned, Jamal Custis, um, the four-star K.J. Williams as well, but they're not done at that position. They really like Steve Ishmael and they think he might be the best wide receiver of the bunch if they were to grab him and, and add him to the class. So he's a George McDonald guy, a guy that McDonald has built that relationship with over the last several years, including when he was with other schools. So I think those are the two biggest names out there. You mentioned Ishwitter And then along the offensive line, Aaron Roberts who's going to come take his official visit um, when Syracuse plays Clemson. He'll be up during that weekend. Uh, Roberts is projects as a guard at the next level. Could play tackle, but most likely going to stay on the inside. Um, he's going to be up, like I said, when Syracuse plays Clemson for his official visit. Illinois was a little bit involved, but they've sort of uh, been backing off a little bit, so it looks like Syracuse is front and center, but Oklahoma has started sniffing around a little bit and is expressing some interest and said that they could offer him relatively soon, so if they do that, might throw a little bit of a wrinkle in there, but I think Syracuse should still be considered the favorites with Roberts.
1: Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. We're kind of in sort of year two of the Scott Schaefer recruiting era now. He kind of caught the end of the Doug Marone era, but do you see Syracuse... Getting in recruiting battles that they weren't even in before. Do you see them um, really moving up in the rankings, or is this kind of like a step back just based on the early returns?
2: Well, I, I think there's there's a little bit of both. I mean, there's a couple of guys that they thought they had, you know, with Deion Hallman, a cornerback from Florida, who ended up choosing Buckers. But um, I, I think you have to be pretty positive with the class so far. You know, they've got 13 commitments. Two of those are are kids from the 2012 class in uh, Wayne Williams and Corey Cooper, um, but. It, so you take those away, they've got 11 commitments. Of those 11 commitments, um, that are that are fresh high school kids from this year, eight of them are three stars. One of them is a four star. One of them is a two star. And then Urban Phillips is the only one that it doesn't have any stars at the moment for, from from Scout. So you have to be pretty encouraged. It's it's the best start when you're looking at where they were originally ranked and what their stars on this earlier in the process um, are. It's, it's the best that Syracuse has been in the last couple of years, and they have the potential to be somewhere, depending on how they finish out the class, somewhere in the 45 to 50 range, which, considering the fact that Syracuse has started 0-2 and yet each of the the Sundays after a disappointing loss, Syracuse has added a commitment. The fact that the class is still sticking together and is still solid to Syracuse, and they love Syracuse and are still very positive about the future, I think tells you uh, that it's not time to panic both on the field and off. I think the recruiting should be considered um, encouraging, but um, you sort of have to keep some perspective. And in, in order to take the next step in recruiting, you got to start winning on the field. So it sort of goes hand in hand. But I think, you know, looking at things from a positive perspective, encouraged with the start. And they're targeting, you know, some talented kids at, at, at key positions, and, and they're landing uh, a bulk of the guys that they're really going after hard. So it's an uh, encouraging start, and I think it's only going to get better as things go.
1: Mike, great stuff as always. Uh, you can check out more of Mike's stuff on com on the Scout Network. Mike, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Wes, anytime. Okay, take care, Mike. Always great stuff from Mike Michalcer. Again, CuseNation.com. I'm now joined over the phone by my very good friend and editor-in-chief, Brad Bierman. Uh, Brad, tough loss to Northwestern. I think tough is really a kind of a charitable description of it. Uh, what was the biggest problem with Syracuse against Northwestern? Was it the offensive line? Was it Drew Allen? Was it the defensive secondary? You have your laundry list to pick from here.
3: Yeah, certainly a laundry list, Wes. My biggest problem was it was 7 nothing after 51 seconds. <laughs> uh, Syracuse didn't look like they came to play football. Coach Schaefer insisted they had. But when you fall behind that quickly and a team goes down in four plays, something's not right. Uh, certainly the other uh, items you mentioned were, were trouble Uh, the secondary, uh, the quarterback situation. Uh, Drew Allen did not look comfortable at all uh, against Northwestern. And I I think the coaching staff has to look at themselves as well. I realize this is just the second game for this staff, but I really question a first road trip, a top-20 ranked team uh, from a BCS conference. I was just really looking at the preparation or maybe lack of preparation to have this team truly ready for this kind of game.
1: Is it time for Terrell Hunt to get a couple snaps now? You know, we saw him in the fourth quarter against Northwestern. Drew Allen has now struggled mightily in against Northwestern, and he didn't play that well. We were both there for the Penn State game, and Penn State's defense kind of had their way with him for most of the game. Is it time to give Terrell Hunt a look?
3: I, I certainly think so. The schedule uh, is cooperating because it's Wagner and FCS team, so at the minimum, you've got to get both quarterbacks uh, action in this game coming up Saturday afternoon against Wagner. So you can see, and I will say this: you know, in Hunt's mop-up duty, uh... he looked impressive. I yeah. realized there weren't all first-teamers out there for Northwestern on defense, but he made things happen. He showed quickness. I, I was impressed in just the, the brief time he played. So at a minimum, both quarterbacks have to play Saturday.
1: And I think uh, the the case to be made for Hunt too is he he's a redshirt. Uh, sophomore so he has two more years of eligibility left after this and Allen's gone at the end of the year one way or the other so I think getting him comfortable in that and having your uh, have, having him be your starting quarterback heading into the future I feel like it's good to get him that experience now
3: absolutely uh, I think that the coaching staff had their, their, their wish that you know Allen would be the number one quarterback play most of the time Hunt would get enough experience this year to be ready next year, sort of like Ryan Nassib and Greg Paulus back in 2009. Right. But I think everything's out the window now after this start. You play, who's going to give you the best chance to win, and let's see what shakes out after Saturday's game.
1: You know, Brad, you had a great column today uh, on your Orange Watch, your weekly Orange Watch, which runs on Tuesday. Um, kind of saying some Syracuse fans are getting bent out of shape a little bit too early. You know, they are 0-2, but they play two very solid Big Ten teams, and it seems like people are kind of jumping ship a little bit too quickly. And can you just expand on that article? Because it seems like people need to take a step back and put things in perspective.
3: Absolutely. Syracuse fans need to chill out. I mean, these were two Big Ten teams they opened with right off the bat. It, It just goes back to the scheduling as well. It doesn't make sense to me, Wes. It never has. NFL teams play four preseason games for a reason. Uh, I think you saw what happened to RG3 in Monday night's game for Washington against Philadelphia. He didn't play at all in preseason. He had no time to warm up, if you will, and it showed especially in the first uh, two and a half, three quarters of that game. Same for the Syracuse team. You open up right against Penn State that has very good, talented athletes on the defensive side of the ball against the new quarterback and coaching staff. So I think fans have to be realistic. You didn't open up against Wagner and Tulane. You opened up against Penn State and Northwestern, essentially bold teams from a year ago. And something's got to change with the schedule. You need to grow into a schedule step by step and not just start out of the bat, you know, with a very tough game. And I thought the ACC did Pitt no favors in opening up against Florida State yeah. with a highly talented redshirt freshman quarterback. That's not how you want to begin the season.
1: And yet, you know, the 0-2 start, a lot of people are down. This team still has a very good chance of winning six games. Uh, you know, I went through the schedule, and I had already – put these two teams down as a, as a loss for Syracuse, but if you look at it, you know, we, we just talked about Tulane, we just talked about Wagner. Those are probably two wins for Syracuse. They're two and two going into their conference schedule. And then I look at NC State, Wake, Maryland, BC, Pitt. These are all winnable games for Syracuse, and there is still a path to the six wins and bull eligibility, which would be a huge step for Scott Schaefer in his first season.
3: Absolutely, and I think Syracuse fans simply, you know, conveniently forget this from a year ago. The team started two and four, and then ended up eight and five. So it's a long season. These are college-age kids. So much can happen. No one can predict the future. And again, it's part of it as society today. You know, instant gratification. I want wins, wins, wins. But the reality is, it's very complex in 119 teams in Division One football. And this is what's going to happen week in and week out.
1: So, Syracuse fans, if you're on the ledge, read Brad's column. You may actually take a step back from it after that. Uh, Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: Uh, my closing thoughts are my uh, great feelings for Syracuse freshman forward Tyler Roberson finally getting the news last week from the NCAA that he's eligible to play. I can't figure out the NCAA, Wes. Here they've had his information for about eight weeks his family paid to expedite the process, and they bring it right down to the very end before classes can be added or deleted at Syracuse in the fall semester. Uh, Just too close for comfort for him, but my thoughts are I'm so happy that he'll get to play at Syracuse as a freshman.
1: My closing thoughts, I'm gonna stick with the Syracuse basketball team as well, but someone who used to go to Syracuse, Scoop Jardine, also a former guest on this very podcast. Uh, He signed with a Croatian team, KK Zadar, uh, you know, I'm just wishing him all the best of luck. Uh, you know, one of the most likable guys in Syracuse history. And, again, you know, just I hope he does really well over there. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that if you really want something in life, you have to work for it. Now, quiet. They're about to announce the lottery numbers. You've been listening to the Juice on the Qs podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time.
0: Price picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepickscom play100 and use code PLAY100. That's code PLAY100 at pricepicks.com play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks Daily fantasy sports made easy.